streak of light He'll live just in time This is episode 427 for July 2016, and you're listening to the Spider-Man Crawl Space Podcast, and I'm your host, Brad Douglas, celebrating 10 years of this podcast online, and we're still the most listened to and downloaded Spider-Man-related podcast on the internet. So I appreciate that, gang, and thanks for listening to us for nearly a decade, and also the website celebrating 18 years this year, too. So, man, we've been doing this for a long time. And speaking of something we did for a long time was message board questions, which is what this episode's about. But before we get there, I'd like to ask for your support. If you enjoy this podcast, if you enjoy our website, uh, help support it. Log on to our front page at SpidermanCrawlspace.com. Look for a button on the right-hand side that says support this site via PayPal, and you can help us pay the bills and keep the lights on and ensure more podcasts come out in a timely manner. All right, gang, on with the show. Hey, Crawl Spacers, welcome to our message board question and answer segment with our panelists and me. Uh, Ashley and Mike need to get going. We've been on the phone for three, four hours now, and I'm going to get their questions up off the top so they can bow out gracefully. And I'm ahead of everyone by an hour. (laughs) That's true. So we're coming up on 2 o'clock for you, 2 in the morning. Uh, Ashley's first question is from TNR. His location is Wakanda. And uh, he has a question aimed at George and Ashley. And he says, In as much time as Brad will allow, could you debate the pros and cons of the spectacular Spider-Man cartoon? I know Ashley is a big fan and considers it probably the best adaption of Spidey. While George was put off by all the changes for the sake of change, i.e. the changes to the characters' ethnicities, making Montana the Enforcers the Shocker, and the character designs of the villains such as their jackassery, Electro, and the Vulture, who look like the Monarch from Ventura Brothers. <laughs> all right, you two. Uh, pros and cons of the Spec Spidey cartoon. A- I will I will let Ashley go first because uh, I am older than her, and, and I believe uh, inexperience should, should precede wisdom. And ladies first. Oh, thanks. I wasn't going to say that and make it sexist, Brad. Oh, shit. So sorry. My bad. <laughs> so the pros. Um, it just had a really well-crafted story. Um, I don't know. From the first episode, I was really invested. Oh, I just don't know how what else to say other than I love the story. I love the characters. I just... I don't know. I love it. It felt so Spider-Man to me. I loved everything about the, the Tombstone and Hammerhead. Those are some like my favorite villains because of spectacular Spider-Man. It just feels like... I mean, yeah, I'm sure it's really different from the comics, but it just feels like it's so perfectly encapsulated in its own little world. And I got so attached to the characters and you know the stories that were told exclusively within the series. Yeah. So I feel if it's... I mean, if it's a good story... On its own as an adaptation. I mean, that's what's most important to me. Not how good an adaptation it is. It's how well the story is told. That's a good point. George? Um, I remember watching it for the first episode and seeing Mary Jane in uh, glasses and being a lab geek. 
And that was Wait, my what? first. That was Gwen. Gwen. That was Gwen. Wait, no, 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 no. Was it Gwen? Yes. Yeah, Gwen. MJ wasn't in it till like the. Mary Jane did the face of Tiger. Oh, okay. Well, I, yeah. maybe maybe I had him confused then. But uh, I remember. I I I don't know. It's just like little stuff here and there that kind of bugged me. I and I I'll you know I I've said it before. I'm very particular. I'm very picky. I am overly picky. Stuff that will pass for other people won't. A lot of times won't pass with me. It just won't. I mean, I, there, there's things that I just can't get past. That's me. That's just me. I, I'm not you know saying other people should should look at it that way. I'm I, I'm glad there were people that enjoyed it. Um, I, I did have a problem with a lot of the character changes uh, that I felt were done just for diversity's sake. Uh, and what else? Um, I, I will say this. I did watch the episodes where he fought the Sinister Six. Mm-hmm. And I remember, I think I was talking to Brad and Kevin about it one time on one of the old podcasts. But I said that animation-wise, it was extremely well done. And that that was the best... Th- the best level of quality uh, of spider animation that we'd ever gotten um, before because, I mean, all we'd had before was the 90s cartoon, so that wasn't too hard to beat. <laughs> um, so I, I, I remember watching that fight, and, and I, while I didn't like some of the character redesigns, I hated Shocker, I hated uh, uh, Vulture. Um, I, I did watch that and think, this is how Spider-Man would fight. Right here in this cartoon mm-hmm. is how Spider-Man should fight. He's making, he's using his powers. He's positioning himself. He's making them attack each other. This is exactly what Spider-Man would do. So it was good on that level. Um, but I, I'm a traditionalist in that I want it to look like it jumped off the page to me. And so that's why that, that cartoon failed to me. And, and also, I mean, that's why the Ultimate Spider-Man cartoon failed as well. But, I mean, the writing on that was so piss poor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, 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 that's another thing I'll say. In that the episodes, the episodes that I did see, they were well written. I just didn't, uh, I just didn't like a lot of the changes. Yeah. Ashley, any rebuttal, I, or should we move on? Um, just one. Um, okay. I think some of the changes did make sense, just in the context of the universe. Um, like with Gwen Stacy, having her be more of a geek girl, kind of, you know, studious and brainy. And more, you know, kind of more socially awkward. One of the nerds, along with Harry and um, and Peter, I think that was a good change, just because it was more believable in the story they were trying to set up with, um, I guess, with how the how they portrayed the romance between um, between Gwen and Peter. I mean, they already had they kind of showed his um, obsession with you know like unattainable girls, like girls who were like out of his out of his league, like, there's that one, I can't even remember her name, but there's the one cheerleader girl that he was infatuated with. Liz. It wasn't Liz. Liz was, like, oh. felt sorry for him after that and got a crush on him and, yeah. But, yeah. Cheerleader girl, huh. We I don't saw, know. We saw him, like, moving from, like, going outside of, um, I guess what he's familiar with, with all these other girls, but, um... Like, next to that, he was just, his friendship with Gwen was getting stronger and stronger, and so it just made a more believable romance, and we didn't have any, like, like, because of that, I felt like it avoided a lot of drama with, like, love triangles, it wasn't, it felt a little more organic than, and not as forced as a love triangle would be. Yeah. So I think that was just a, a good change that was made, that while... You know, not exactly canon. It's just something that worked better in the context of the show and, you know, what um the different kind of storytelling you have to do in that medium. Right. 
All right, there is your spectacular Spider-Man debate that you asked for. And there are for. no cons, ever. <laughs> Except that it ended at the second season. That I'll never forgive anyone for that. I know, I wanted, I wanted more seasons than that. Yeah, oh, I wanted more Black Cat. They're, oh my god. Oh, the Black Cat was great. With her. It was suggestive. The rope well, wrapped around him and stuff. That was, was the, the point they ended on, the last episode they shared together, where Walter Hardy was in jail for killing Ben Parker. It I was thought that was a great twist. twist. I'm I like, thought I that couldn't was... wait to see where it went. Yeah. And yeah. no. Well, and Greg, if Greg Wiseman had had his way, he would have done the third season. Oh, yeah. But yeah. It, it just with the Disney Disney Buy deal, yeah. Yeah. It, Disney wanted to do it in-house. Mm-hmm. And considering boy, did that, that, boy, did that, that not work out? Nope. Oh god. Well, well I mean, you, you're on season five of Ultimate Spider-Man. You can't say it's four. not a success. It's season four, or it's season, season four, four or whatever. But yeah, I mean, it's the longest the quali- running Spider-Man. No, I can look at the quality and say no. Quality-wise, yeah, yeah, that took a no- that took a sharp nosedive. Quality, yes, has declined. Uh, it, it's still on the air, so people are watching it. So. The only reason it's still on the air is because it's airing on Disney XD. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. They're, anyway, uh, I actually, I don't. Actually, I don't think there's another oh. question for you. Oh, did you have something else? You oh no, say? I will say just to to wrap up Spectacular yeah. Spider-Man. Um, so Jack and I, you know, I think I mentioned this before a while back that Jack and I have the Blu-ray uh, DVD set, and we've been taken around to conventions to get it signed. Mm. Oh, nice. So this past MomoCon, we added on um, Steve Bloom, who voiced Green Goblin. Nice. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then um, I can't remember his name, but he was Eddie Brock and Venom. Oh, cool. And he wrote Venom and big squiggly letters on it. It was awesome. Who else do you have on that DVD? Oh, uh, we've or got Blu-ray. Greg Weissman, um, Crispin Freeman, who was. Who was Crispin Freeman? Who was Electro? Okay. Yes. And I think it's just those five. You got to get Josh Keaton. I know. We, he needs to come to Georgia. <laughs> yeah, okay. That's true. Yeah. He lives Josh in California. Need to talk later next time we we, we get a chance because there's a there's a podcast that talks about spectacular Spider-Man. If I could find the woman who voiced Felicia Hardy and get her to sign the whole thing, Trisha Helfer, very upset with me. Trisha, but. I tried to interview Trisha Helfer at the Tulsa Comic Con, and she wouldn't do it. Oh, yeah, she wouldn't do it. All right, Ashley, I appreciate you debating George at two in the morning. Yes. <laughs> I don't know if it was really a good debate. I mean, it was just like she was like, "Here's why I like it," and I was like, "Here's it's why a pro I don't and a con. It. It's a back and forth. It worked. You guys are civil. Well, so yeah, because we're the same person. Civil war. You, civil war. It was a civil war, indeed. There you go. All right, Ashley, you get and some on sleep. That note, I'll get out while on a good note. All right. I'll, hey, uh, I'll think about you when I'm playing Overwatch later. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> good night, Ashley. Yeah, that is how All you right. troll, folks. <laughs> you guys, good night. Bye. Bye. Good night, Ashley. All right, Mike also has to go, so let's get Mike's questions out of the way. We've got another one from Wolf Cipher. Uh, Mike, I'm surprised to realize that I don't know much about your Spider-Man history. Not that I'm entitled to it, but if you wouldn't mind, would you give a brief rundown on your Spidey fandom, such as what got you into the books, your favorite arc or moment, and if you ever quit and came back, if you feel like it. Do you oh, feel of course like I will be, ha- you, I will you be fools? happy. You fools. You already I, know his history. I want to oh, hear yeah, it. because it's the same as Zach's, because I'm his clone. Now, <laughs> you know who he is? He's Electro. <laughs> don't you don't you know? No, okay. Well, in all seriousness, um yeah, I got into Spider Man uh because of and I'm sure Brad you'll you know you'll appreciate this. Yeah. 
the power records. Yeah, with the Dragon Man. With with the Dragon Draco oh, the Dragon Draco Man. Draco the Dragon Man. That sounds like shoot fire out of his out of mouth, hands, oh, and feet. Love that. I I played that thing so much. Yeah, um, yeah, because they had an old vinyl record player, and yeah. they had the, it was like on the forty five p RPM. Yep. <laughs> yeah, and of course. That's one of the things was also kind of the help. Uh, one of the things that um, where I learned how to read too. So same here, same. Yeah, and so was I there. There was there a bell to turn the page. Is that? Yeah, there was a little okay. doink, yeah. doink thing, yep. right? Yeah. Um, the other one I had also of that uh, was actually an abbreviated version of the Man Wolf story. Mark like of the, the Man Wolf. Yeah. Mark of the Man Wolf. Yeah. Yeah. I read they, that too. But they excised all the Gwen Stacy stuff out of it. Yeah. So you're kind of like. Okay, why? Wh- who's this friend that Jonah's talking about? Like Captain Sace <laughs> and all this stuff. So it was kind of a little confusing. Yeah. Um, but it still got the first story across. Um, I remember that Ramita cover of him coming through the window with Jonah and Spidey on the wall. Oh that, yeah, that was so creepy as a kid. I loved that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, well, that's the thing with the Power Records. They always kind of did the, the more creepier kind of stories and everything. With, and which and remember kind of- the the two kids making out in the park. Oh you know? yeah. It's like I know, like, yeah. <laughs> and then Draco like, comes by and messes and up. Draco's, his... <laughs> Draco's just James yeah. Draco just kills the romance. Of course, Absolutely. Brad's gonna remember that part. Well, I was yeah. four. I'm like, what are those kids doing in the park? Oh, yeah, yep, that's, that's right. Funny, that's funny. I, yep. Um, that's although funny. It's we kind had of, that comment. Kind of I didn't know it. It's kind of odd that Draco kind of dies by falling off the Empire State Building, even though he has wings. But we need a return of Draco. That yeah, that would be kind of cool. I don't know, if, but but the question is, would you want Dan Slott writing it? No. <laughs> uh, yeah, the but anyway, yeah. Brad's nightmares. Yeah, but but also he already out. killed the amazing friends. What's he going to do? Right. Kill my power records? Yeah. <laughs> um, and as for um, some of my favorite um, arcs or moments or everything, I actually kind of going a little bit old school. Um, I actually like if this be my destiny with um, the original Doc Ock story kind of stuff. I mean, that's kind of like because I mean I. Recent, a few years ago, I kind of was going back into this, some of the old uh, Dit, uh, Steve Ditko uh, run of Amazing Spider-Man, and it's, uh, and of course, it's actually you know it it's one of those things that's really kind of I think really holds up. Yeah. Um, in ter- I mean, in, I'm actually it's, rereading them. I'm, I'm, yeah. I have the Marvel Unlimited, and I'm going through them. I'm a, I'm on issue. I just got done with the Master Planner. Uh, yeah, and yeah. Uh, I'm on the Craven issue. I think that's 34. The other, yeah. the other good moment from that at that point point is when uh, Jonah, where he has that. Well, I think it's like 17 or 18, mm-hmm. where he's like, I say, he's been, has this big old giant smirk the whole time because he thinks Spider Man has quit and retired, yeah. and then he gets whispered the news about he's back, and then the, and the panels like subsequently show him like. Like his face just slowly starting to yeah. frown and just like goes back to his, you know, which is great, little great bit. Yep. The only time I've ever quit um, was during the um, Howard Mackey era where MJ supposedly died in a plane crash. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yep. that was the part I just freaking, okay, that's it. Yeah. You've, that, you've had the rug pulled too many times. Yeah, that was, I mean, yeah, that was the moment where I was just like, "Okay, you guys clearly do not know what you're doing anymore." And so, if it hadn't um, been for that, I wouldn't have met Fettinger. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I mean, but what what interesting enough, what did bring me back, I think, was actually, um, and I know George, you're going to hate this, was probably um, probably Bennett was probably the first couple issues of Ultimate Spider-Man. Yeah, you're dead to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, figured, I figured I was going to anger you. Yeah, uh, con- conf- confirmed. Yeah. 
<laughs> wow. That's yeah. funny. No, but yeah, but also from there, I also got, and, and also started getting the more, when JMS was getting on back in the books and everything, yeah. that was kind of, you know, launching from there, but you know. Cool. Cool, cool. That is the origin of Mike mm-hmm. and his spider. Uh, fandom. Uh, Zonathan has a question for Mike also. People usually like to over uh, overrate Craven's Last Hunt and uh, even compare it to other literary works. Mm-hmm. As an English major, do you think this is the case? And which other Spidey stories would you consider to be literary works? Well, I can kind of understand why some uh, would probably consider Craven's Last Hunt a little bit overrated. Because, I mean, it, it does get a lot of praise. and um, But... I think also we have to can kind of consider at the time in which which it was kind of created because what was come what was some of the two other seminal comic books that were coming out right around that same time? Uh, Watchmen. Watchmen. Yep. And, and Dark Knight. Dark Returns. Knight Returns. Yep. Yeah. And we're so, going dark. That was Spider Man's dark period. And I would yeah, and I would count this as probably the third of that of that mm. uh, trifecta thing because if you actually look at the story, if you do read the story, I mean, it is. I mean. I know some people think, oh, well, that's the story that Craven got his head blown, shot himself with a shotgun. But the way it's structurally put together, I do like the fact that it's kind of got, I mean, it does get, it, I mean, it does get a lo- exploring a lot of like the things about mortality and also a lot about, you know, you've got a really good taste about Peter and Peter's love for Mary Jane in that thing. Um, also, Craven's like, you know, you know, trying to, you know, trying to recapture his whole youth and, oh, Youth and what he had in his glory days by, you know, interestingly enough, becoming Spider Man. And it was actually done in six issues, unlike, you know, Superior. But, um, and it also, I think, I also kind of like artistically, you have that every, if you notice, like every single issue of that, it's always raining. And so there's like this real surreal quality and kind of creepiness to it. Uh, Same with the dream sequence where Peter's like having those hallucinations while in the grave and while he's buried alive. And it's just, you know, and I think it's just really kind of, I mean, and I think it was one of the reasons why I think a lot of people, a lot of people like it, is because it was at the time it was unique, and then all these comic book companies start doing the mistake of says, "Oh, everything's got to be dark, everything's got to be gritty," so they're all trying to emulate it, but they don't actually get the, um, but they don't without understanding the subtext or the, you know, the substance behind it. And I think that's why. Um, and so, but I still think it's, I mean, it's still a very, I think Craven's Last House is still a very good story. And yeah, I think it is comparable um, as a, as it kind of is Spider-Man's equivalent of, Come here. you know, kind of like the closest thing he did get to a, if you want kind of a more oh, okay. mature, um, not, you know, a, a mature, yeah, mature, um, sophisticated, oh, kind of even literally I don't know, just, I Spider-Man from my story. Box. Um, I think the closest one since then probably was probably another thing by James Damatius, which was uh, the Child Within. If you re- um, if you guys remember that one, with, uh, even though JR is a fan of that one, what? JR, I think it's, I think Jr. is a big fan of that one. Yeah, with, okay. Yeah. <laughs> you can keep the door open if you well, want. I know it's got I know it's got vermin in it, which is everybody's favorite. Like, yeah, I know there's yeah. that. Um, the other one, I, I, I think J. Michael Skrzynski at times, maybe because he does come from like a more, a not you know, come similar background as that. But I mean, he did try to get into that, um, those points. Although he did, oftentimes, most most times his characters kind of uh, it gets a little bit too on the nose sometimes with his we're talking about themes of the thing and stuff. But I think he, I think he, in terms, 
he was kind of the closest to to that, I think. And trying, if you're if you want to describe something as literary works when it comes to Spider-Man, like try or trying to just kind of get to comic books as literature um, or stuff. But yeah. All right, cool. All right, right. Mike, you get some sleep. All right, good night, gentlemen. Peace. And and good luck on uh, over Overwatch uh, there. uh, (laughs) Thank you very much. There you go. No problem. Night, Mike. Night, Mike. And then there were four little superheroes. All right. Every that, was the, that was the best episode of Amazing uh, uh, Friends. friends. I, I like that one. I like the Hulk and Mysterio one a lot. <clears throat> okay. Uh, Wolf for again. Um, he says, uh, pleasure to see a new episode. Is ready to listen to him. Glad you all are still hanging in there. And to JR, you just rock. That's what the JR stands for. Just rocks. Oh, good God. There you every go. One, every once in a while, I have my faith in humanity renewed. So thank you, Wolf Cyber, <laughs> Cypher, for allowing me to see the better part of human nature. Uh, to me, he says, you love the Hulk. Yes, I do. You, yet you I said don't. it wrong. It's supposed to be Douglas the Brad. Douglas the Brad. You love the Hulk. Yes, I do. Yet, I don't think you've said one thing about the current Amadeus Cho Hulk book. Are you reading it? I am reading it, and I like it. I like it quite a bit, and it's uh, by Greg Pak, who is hot and cold for me. I'm one of the rare Hulk fans that isn't a big fan of Planet Hulk, because there's no banner. But uh, this one is funny. It's got great art by uh, Frank Cho. Uh, just, uh, it's, it, I'm digging it. So uh, I would recommend it. I don't think many people are picking it up, but Amadeus Cho, I think, is one of his best creations. It's uh, it's a teenager that's I think like the fifth or seventh most smartest person in the Marvel universe. So uh, TNR uh, to George, former wrestler turned porn star, China, recently passed away. While tragic, I was reminded of the fact that she was She-Hulk in the porn parodies you reviewed. Yes. A quick don't, vi- don't remind me. A quick visit to the wikis reveals that Spidey had once had one more erotic adventure in Wolverine Triple X, Avengers Triple X Two, and Avengers vs X-Men Triple X. When are you going to, pardon the phrase, get on those? <laughs> oh, God. Apparently, the porn director left the studio, and there are no more scheduled. So there's a legitimate end in sight. I only ask because your reviews are always so hilarious. But, of course, you don't have to subject yourself to them if you don't want to. I know you guys have been trying to keep this show more family-friendly as of late, and the porn reviews contributed to what haters deem the frat house mentality. So, any more porn in your future, George? (laughs) It has come up before, and each and every time I have said it, I have said, if Brad wants me to, I will. Um, Deep down, I hope Brad doesn't ask me to. Hey, George, let's do some porn reviews. (laughs) I think there's another just Spider-Man one. I I think we've done it, though. I mean... I, I, I think it went. They were two. They, we reviewed we reviewed three films over two podcasts, and yeah. they were very funny. Yeah, going, going to uh, the, the way, well again would be too much. Just the way we all discussed it, it was mm-hmm. very funny. I just yeah. I I I think I've gone as far as I can with it. It's requested a lot, though. It's requested. It is. A lot. It does and how long ago did we do those? Five years. Uh, it's been a while, man. Oh my. god. God, maybe Long like 2011, time. 2012. Yeah, it's, it's been a while. Anyway, yeah, it's we'll, been a while. We'll think about six, six, six and a half. Southern California. Question for Jr. and George. Hobgoblin uh, is the only A-list Spidey villain that hasn't been in a movie yet. <laughs> Besides the necessary Green Goblin setup, how would you like them to handle adapting the character to the films? And who do you think should play him? I don't think Hobgoblin has any place in the Spider-Man films. Okay. Uh, I I won't say that. Uh, I I think I, we've. I mean, people know who the Green Goblin is now. They just do. Yeah. 
uh, in the same way that they're not going to do another origin story or another Uncle Ben part of the origin story. People know it. Yep. You know, people people are aware of it. You don't have to go back and cover it. Um, as to who could play him, man, that's a good. That's something I've I've never really someone eccentric. It has to be someone who can be fairly roguish and yet still pull off an ascot. Kevin Spacey. No. <laughs> um, absolutely not. Why not? Uh, have you seen him in House of Cards? He could pull off an ascot. Yeah, I, I'll grant you that. Okay, I, yeah. I okay, I can, I can. Granted, he's been Luthor, but uh, yeah. yeah, but uh, no one, no one's going to remember that ultimately. Yeah, everyone's already put that out of their memory. Yeah, yeah, no, I could, I could, yeah, I could see. Uh, Jr., you I got any see. actors in mind for Roderick? No, no, me neither. After uh, him. All right, question for Brad, Zach, and anyone who wants to chime in. What are your thoughts on the current state of Venom? Does it make sense for Flash to be in outer space? Should Brock be Venom again? Uh, I know what Brad's thoughts. answer on that one is, is Brock should be Venom again. Yeah, I, I, um, I, I prefer... I, I think Flash has had a nice run with Venom. I think it's kind of over. I well, mean, to me, the, the, the biggest issue with with... The one thing that I think needs to be done before... Flash moves on from being Venom mm-hmm. is there has to be a situation where Peter and Venom Flash sit down have some sort of confrontation. I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I like Flash knowing Spider-Man is Peter. It takes away something. I, I don't know. I think it worked whenever the unmasking... I, I think that was one of the better parts of the friendly neighborhood run. The, uh, the Venom Facebook uh, is better than it should be. <laughs> Absolutely, uh, I, I I like it, but I just don't like the setup of it. Um, it just doesn't work for me. I, I I like him as a special. I I like the Remender Flash a lot better. But in, in the long run, I want Brock to have the suit. He hasn't had the suit in so many years. So, uh, Web uh, Century Jr. If Norman and Spock were to have a conversation with each other face to face, what do you think they'd talk about? About how each other is wasting their vast intellects. Spock would be appalled that Norman is using his for selfish gains, and Norman would be appalled that someone as brilliant as Spock was subject, subjugating himself to someone like James Kirk and not taking the Enterprise and ruling half the galaxy. That's a good answer. Very nice. Uh, another JR question. Uh, by the way, Web Century. That's solely a Star Trek question, so I'll That's all good. That. It's, you don't want to talk about that one? Oh, I'm. I'm only going to say that I didn't. Li- I will. I didn't care. I wouldn't. I don't think Spock has any business romancing someone on the ship. Period. Yeah. I don't. I don't like the Spock who are romancing the the new Trek, for example. Okay. I'll tell you this: that that chick that he was engaged to, and then he fought Kirk in that episode. That chick was hot. Tapring, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Tapring was cute. Also, Brad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Web Sentry. He started that by saying the sexy is back. Do you know why? Because of his avatar. Because of, he changed his avatar back. Of, uh, of Doc Ock in the nude with the tentacles covering his bits. Explicit uh, avatars on the side. His uh, <laughs> frontier. Uh, I once read a statement that the uh, one thing Mary Jane and Doctor Doom have in common is that they've never been done justice in the movie. Do you feel this statement is true and adds further expectations for the MCU Spider-Man movie in regards to how we depict Mary Jane if she's in it at all, mind you? I didn't mind Kirsten Dunst. 
But Kirsten Dunst was more of this of the Silver Age Gwen Stacy. It was Gwen Stacy mixed with Gwen. It, it was two girls in one. Yeah, there was there was. It was a mixer. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I'll give you that. I don't know that you can really compare how these two have been mishandled on screen. Well, Mary Jane, it, there, there's parts we don't like. There's parts we like. Doctor Doom has been screwed. Doctor Doom has been completely. There has not been a Doctor Doom. Doctor Doom should be the level of Darth <laughs> Vader because Darth yeah. Vader was inspired by Doom. Yeah, and Doctor Doom, Dr. Should, Doom be should be a menace. Yes. He should be the big bad of the next Marvel films. If they that's why did. I hope Fox folds like a lawn chair on all this Fantastic yeah. Four business, so that Marvel can finally get it back. Because the Marvel, the Marvel universe, is going to keep going past all the stuff that we're doing now. We, after these phases, it's going to need Doom at some point. After Thanos, it would be great to have him <laughs> go up against Doom and have him go up against Galactus. That'd be great. Oh my God, yes. Uh, Frontier's other question: Multiple attempts to create new love interests for Peter, like Carly Silk and Leah Tang. Wow, I forgot her already. Post OMD oh. have been uh, met with little success and real longevity. Obviously, a factor is that it's been very hard, if not impossible, to top Mary Jane as the best woman for Peter and craft a relationship as strong, impactful, impactful and significant as the romance between Peter and Mary Jane, or even the relationship with Spidey and the Black Cat. But what do you feel? What do you all feel are the qualities and traits necessary to make a good love interest for Peter, and what is lacking in the current crop? Number one, red hair. Number two, good writing. <laughs> well, uh, well, that's true. Um, someone that's got spunky. It's a fighter. Yeah, someone with red hair whose name is Mary Jane. That's uh, and the, and the really second one, what's lacking is is writing. The, the, what's lacking is is there's no stakes because you know yeah. that Leah um, Tang was in two issues. We want her to be a girlfriend. Yeah, no, it, it's oh, one or of maybe seven where, issues or whatever. I don't know. It's one of those things where if there's no stakes. You know that Peter's not going to stay with this person because you've created this problem and you've written yourself in the corner that no love interest is going to ever no. be anything beyond just a, a piece of tail. You look at that current CBR poll right now where they're asking uh, should uh, one more day be reversed, should you know bring the marriage back or, or keep them apart. Right now, 2,023 votes for and 232 votes against. Yeah. Um, so I think that should tell you everything, and the fact that it hasn't been hasn't been done or that it won't be done is uh, is all due to Joe Quesada's whim. Is there a potential to write a character well done, and it would have to build for issues to top Mary Jane? I think there is, no. but it's hard. No. I think no. it would be no. hard to do. No, no. You have to have a character first before you have a girlfriend. That's true. That's, That's I mean, absolutely it, true. That's yeah, true. I mean, the, then it has to be it has to be an organic thing. Oh, yep. oh, they do like each other. Oh, yep. they do work. They do have chemistry. Yep. So now you can't just you know, yeah, like Carly. <laughs> it's the same like, reason. That's what they try to do with Carly. It's I the agree. same reason that ultimately fans aren't going to accept Superman with anybody but Lois. Exactly. Yeah, you can you can separate them and, and hook him up with Wonder Woman for a while, and and where is that now? Yeah, that is fanfic. I mean, that, that is. is yeah. Jeez. Uh, Zonathan, to George and Brad, we loved the Spider-Man Amazing Friends show despite its silliness, but seem to hate the Ultimate Spider-Man cartoon, which is also silly. Why do you think that's the case? Was Amazing Friend a product of its time? Well, there's a difference there. There's there's silly fun and silly stupid. Mm-hmm. And Amazing Friends, at the time, I, I'm not going to say it was really silly. It was lighthearted. Yeah, it was very light. It was very light, but I mean, Ultimate Spider-Man cartoon is is just written for morons, written for ADD kids. Um, 
the Spider-Man and Amazing Friends was not a dumb character. He w- he was a college kid. Yeah. And he 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 lost his own, I mean he had the same origin. He just met two other friends. And he was his own man. He was a man. Yes. You and know? and he wasn't the butt of the joke all the time. He he added humor as he took down the Sandman, he took fought the Hulk. Uh and and granted I will admit that I have different eyes for Ultimate Spider-Man than I do for Amazing Friends. When I watched Amazing Friends, I was seven, eight years old. I'm 40 years old, and I can't take Ultimate Spider-Man. I just can't take it. So there's that factor, obviously. And and like Zach mentioned a couple shows ago, you 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 uh, are attracted to the show that you grew up with, and Zach is attracted to the 90s show. God, and yeah. Zach, Zach is uh, how many years younger than I am? 10, I think? Uh, you're how old? I'm 41. I'll tell you, I, I still remember in the '90s when that cart, when that well, Spider-Man cartoon was on, and yeah. and it was it was up against, or not up against, but other things were airing like Batman. Yeah, yeah. and I'm sorry, the difference was night and day. Yeah, and, and quality. I, I agree. I mean, it's not a horrible show. A Spider-Man Unlimited is the worst Spider-Man show, I think. Yeah, but uh, by a long shot. The thing about the thing about that was innovative with the '90s show was the fact that it was really close to a comic book come to life in that it had the interconnecting arcs. Ava, you okay? And the arcs within... It, Can you come here? Even though kind of Batman, a lot of that was one and done. And they were really great. But Spider-Man and X-Men kind of tried to adapt the comic from... bring the comics to life. X-Men was probably truer to the comics than, than the 90s show. But the spirit of the comics was certainly came through on the 90s show. Who is uh, while uh, Brad is not here? Um, who is going uh, to see Killing Joke? Oh, I've thought about it. I'm not going to see it in the theater, but I'm, I, I've I'll, I'll rent it. I'll definitely see it in the theater. Uh, Jr., are you going to take Spencer? If Spencer wants to go, I'll probably wind up taking him. Yeah. Um, because you know it looks like it's going to be the last dance with Conroy and and Hamill, mm-hmm. and um, which they said that about the Arkham games too, but. And it's yeah, it's true. They said it about DC Universe as well. <laughs> DC Universe yeah. Online. Um, yeah, but, but eventually, though, when once you do start getting, I mean, they're getting to the age where their voices are going to start to kind of the, lose their cadence. The crack, so. yeah. Uh, I was um, I was a big fan of the Killing Joke. I still am uh, as a story. So I'll be interested to see how they do that. And I think this may be the last thing that's DC related that I see in theaters. Um, because I, you know, I'm not. I've, I've already dropped the DC movies. I'm already done with those. So this may be like my my last dance with Batman. Because I'm not reading the comics anymore. Because I, I, I I'm not buying into the Rebirth hype. Uh, Honestly, but, uh, I, I I read uh, Superman Rebirth, and I was really pleasantly surprised how much I enjoyed it. A friend of mine, you remember Alex, Jr. You remember Alex? Oh yeah, I remember Alex. Alex, Alex uh, told me I needed to pick up Rebirth number one um, because there were moments in there that would make me cry. Did they put Lois and Clark back together, married? And yes. Rebirth number oh, one. Wow, can you imagine what that would be like, Peter they didn't and Mary do Jane? It in Rebirth number one. They did it. They did it before Rebirth. Okay, but he. So he told me to pick it up, and I picked it up. And of course, remember now, I'm going into it with glasses. Like I don't believe any of this bullshit. You're going to just keep rebooting your universe and fucking things up because that's what you. Because DC gonna DC. And um, and so I read it, and then Alex asked me later. He's like, "Well, what'd you think of it?" And I said, "What parts were supposed to make me cry?" 
Mm. And he's like, are you kidding me? Are you serious? I'm like, no, I'm dead serious. What parts did you think would, would hit? And he's like, Wally's back. It's Wally. And he hugged Barry. And I was like, that might have mattered to me six years ago. Mm. It, does it, it, it does nothing to me now. Let's see. Uh, Jonathan's other question is uh, writers want to JR. Writers want to copy the goblin formula a lot. We've had multiple green goblins, hobgoblins, female goblins, etc. And the one thing that they have in common, other than the goblin motif, is the initial secret identity. What other qualities would you say a successful goblin knockoff should have? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say there are no more goblin knockoffs. So, so the, yeah. No. no. No, the, the the close the best goblin knockoff was yep. hobgoblin. the first hobgoblin because yep. he was smart he was he was an intellect uh you know and also he was he was not crazy for one and That's his mo he, was completely different yeah, yeah. and I mean, me, very me, well written character so yep. and menace menace was an attempt and failed oh menace oh. was a failure I thought just about everything associated with one more day brand new day was a failure yep. utter failure. Tigon, uh, to JR with the topic of nature versus nurture explored on Bates Motel. Do you watch that, by the way? Nope. Nope, it's good. Uh, if Norman had been the one who died and Emily raised Harry instead, would Harry had turned out for the better or would he still have gone off under different events and circumstances? That's a good question. Well, yeah, there's a if Osborne if Harry had the Osborne genetics, yeah, you know he he already had a strike against him. But the thing is, we know so very little about Norman's wife. I mean, she True. could have been Lady Macbeth for all we know. Oh yeah. So you know, it, it's it's we're assuming you know, she's a good parent too. Exactly. Yeah, she, maybe, she was, back, maybe she was worse than Norman. <laughs> she could have uh, been going going back to spectacular for a second. There was like a plan to try to make Emily somewhat of a viable character had there been a season evil or good um ambiguous i think she would have been very cold wow another jr question who had the most horrific or ridiculous plan and success rate between norman's dna bomb from the final chapter or the villain in halloween 3 with his halloween mask killing children across the country by melting their heads with bugs and snakes (laughs) eight more days to halloween halloween I was about. I, was I haven't seen Halloween the, three in years. The most effective, the most effective plan would have been the Halloween mask because listening to that song would make my head explode. You know, <laughs> Norman's DNA bomb was stupid. It was the yeah. most. It was stupid. <laughs> so you know, the Halloween Halloween three is stupid, but it's a different kind of stupid. Yeah. It was one of the worst sequels of all time ever. It wasn't even a sequel. I think it was original story. That yeah. that was originally their plan when Carpenter, you know, Carpenter yeah. didn't want to do any more Halloween, so they were thinking of doing an anthology Halloween yeah. with you know with different horror. You movies. You got to have Michael Myers, you know. But then, yeah, yeah. then it was like, oh crap, this ain't yeah. going to work. Bring back the <coughs> bring back Michael Myers and Donald Pleasance. Yep, yeah. Aziz from Proper Union. In the wake of the Cap Hydra, some fans chose to pe- poke fun at Werewolf Cap, Superior Spidey, Matt Murdock faking his death, Cap under drug influence, and more historically amazing feats in Marvel Comics. Talk to us about more classic Marvel tales you know of. The crazier, the merrier. No crossover with DC or another company. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm gonna. It's not classic Marvel, but it's just kind of cr- crazy and zany. There was the time that uh, Miles Warren was a uh, disciple of the High Evolutionary, and he created a bunch God, of uh, animal men. And yeah. um, one was a cow. Wor- <laughs> yeah. yeah, one was a cow, and they and they worshipped the Bronze Age um, jackal. They had a big giant gold statue of the Bronze Age jackal, um, and it was a cult. And the High Evolutionary 
basically went through painstaking, painstakingly and created false journals to uh, throw Spider-Man off and, and do the whole Joyce Delaney thing. And uh, Jackal, uh, Jackal was inspired by a Jackal man humanoid that killed Jackal's family in a car crash. And um, let's see what else. Yeah, that was all in one issue. One of the weirdest recent ones is... I love the clone saga. One of the recent <laughs> ones was where Carnage went good, and he told Spider-Man to make him a gold uh, statue and have Leonard Skinner playing. Remember that? Yeah. I thought yeah. that was weird. It was, that was weird. Like, Spider-Man would honor his word to Carnage and draw, build a monument, and he did. Well, it was just weird. Weird, weird. Six-armed Spidey was weird. Spider-Man turned into Hulk was weird. Morbius Doc Ock, by Mary was hilarious. Oh, Doc Ock, Mary and Aunt May was weird. That's yeah, true. That was freaky. I remember when Aunt May pulled a gun on Spidey. Remember uh, when Spider-Man walked in on Aunt May getting busy? Yeah, that was weird. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Very awkward. <laughs> Spidey 252 from St. Louis Mo. Welcome my show me stay brother. Uh, throwing this out to everyone, I started following an amazing Spider-Man writer on Twitter so I could keep up with the information that's not you in the book. You poor bastards. <laughs> the info that's not in the book. He's not following us on Twitter. However, in doing so, I found that the writer is so political and diametrically opposed to my beliefs and quite in your face about them, I'm at the point that I am considering dropping the book. However, the completist, completionist in me cringes at the thought of having a hole in my collection. Have you, have you, or would you ever drop a book because of such a reason? It just so happens, Greg, that I, too, almost dropped Amazing Spider-Man because of this same writer that posts a lot on Twitter. After he attacked my website, insults it left and right, I said, why am I uh, uh, putting money in his pocket? However, I have a love of Spider-Man more than this writer's uh, tirades. So, in in 40 years, or maybe 35, in 35 years, Dan Slott is the only one that's ever made me think about dropping Spider-Man. Anybody else? I quit during the Clone Saga. Yep. Uh, Towards the end of the Clone Saga, I quit... um, I quit after one more day for a while. I was still on the website. And then when I started to come onto the podcast, I uh, I had to start reading them. And really, the only reason I read them now is because of the podcast. If it wasn't for the podcast, I wouldn't be reading Amazing Spider-Man. I have, I have zero faith in Marvel as, as, as a creative company anymore. I, I, the publishing division, not the movies. Um, and I... Yeah, if I wasn't on, the, if I wasn't doing this, I, I wouldn't be reading them. And George, you dro- I mean, Jr. You dropped it in um, college, I think. Yeah, I dropped it uh, by, by McFarlane. It, well, it was a number of things. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It just I, I dropped it out of, out of college. I got tired of the the hobgoblin thing going absolutely nowhere with all the yeah. continued fake outs. And, <laughs> you know, and and I was under some delusion too that since I had gotten out of school and was a man and had a job that I ought to give up my comic books. Uh, <laughs> you know, but uh, but. Uh, then um, the Clone Saga, and really, I think the three hundreds, the Michelani era, is just a empty, bankrupt era. Frankly, I like that era a lot, mainly because I'm a Todd McFarlane fan. Uh, uh, yeah, this has. I just the Michelani stories were just. It was '90s, typical '90s bullshit. <laughs> Zach, you ever drop it? I dropped it during the reboot for about three or four months. The, the Mackie Burn. Yeah, okay. it was about the time that Peter became a homeless bum. 
All right. Uh, let's see. Cheese Dick, uh, North Hollywood, California. You're on the line. Go. Uh, this question is, uh, if Slot ever leaves the Amazing Spider-Man title, what profession would you like to see Peter go into, or would you rather see Parker Industries continue? Now, here he's a good photographer. I think he, he would he be great. Teacher. He would be great for um, either YouTube or uh, the, no. No, I'm, wait a minute. Work, working for the Bugle with their online section, doing photography, doing vi- videos, trying to make them go viral, stuff like that. I think that would be the next natural progression for him. Spider-Man, you know, surfing the web. I wouldn't mind. Sur- him being boom! Him. There you go. I wouldn't mind him being a uh, a teacher again. I don't want a teacher. Anybody else? I think he'd be an ideal forensic scientist, frankly. <clears throat> that was really uh, a, a genius move by DeFalco during the MC2. Mm. Yeah. Make yeah, him, have him, make, yeah, have him working for the cops. Yeah. Make him like Dexter. <laughs> well, be even something. I mean, you know, I mean, yeah. it's like he's obviously developed an interest in crime and, and you know, yeah, the he, uh, he the, needs the to psych- be. Yeah, he needs to be at the scene of crimes. I, I, don't, I, I, don't, I don't know that that's going to work, though. And, and I'll tell you why, because... Making him a forensics guy right now would be too much like they're copying the Flash. Exactly. That's of right now, uh, and the Flash of right now is copying Spider-Man. Exactly. <laughs> that's true. So I don't. I just don't think it would. Work. I mean, I, I mean, love I think Grant I, Dustin. I, huh? I mean, I think it would be natural for Peter Parker, the character per se, but yeah. to, like you said, George, to make it work, uh, uh, yeah, probably not. Private investigator. No, no. I, I, I want I want the bugle cast back, so I want an online version of the bugle. No, I want the bugle back too, but yeah, it's going to take a while. Uh, to Jr. To my knowledge, the writers never really delved into the background of Roderick Kingsley. Do you think a new storyline that explores the history of Roderick and his relationship to his dead brother Daniel would be worth doing now, or has that ship sailed on telling Kingsley hobgoblin stories? That ship has sailed, unfortunately, for various reasons. One, we have the real, you know, Norman back. But two, the Kingsley's almost been ruined by these continuous fake outs as well. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's like, you you know, so. It's a victim of slot again. Exactly. Yeah. Mr. Metz, uh, who does a great tangled webs up on our front page, would the following idea have the potential to be good if a Spider-Man film came out in 2022 for the 20th anniversary of the first film with the basic concept of Spider-Verse with all three cinematic Spider-Men and maybe Emma Stone as Spider-Gwen and the introduction of the Mayday Parker Spider-Girl as the daughter of Tobey Maguire Spider-Man? Would that concept work? No f and y. <laughs> Why not? You, you what? Who's your villain? Morlin? No. I don't know. Why wouldn't it work, Jr.? <sighs> what kind of story are you going to tell? I know it's the, it's the, a casting it, stunt. It'd, it'd be really great for a TV show, Netflix, or something. Yeah, Netflix yeah. TV show type thing. Spidey needs to be grounded, street level for for the movies and TV. I yeah. agree. I agree. Bottom line. But as a fan, it'd be neat to see that that movie. It'd be better in like an animated series. Yeah, that, that wasn't ultimate. Well, the thing is, we want to see Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield and Tom Holland. Have them, all. Have now, do we, do no, we really? Don't. Do we really? I I don't know. I don't think we do. But it's the equivalent of wanting to see all the James Bonds on screen. Who wants that? Yeah, no one wants that. Okay. Well, I would like to see all the Bonds on screen at their age when they were Bond. That'd be fun. 
Maybe that's just me. And how okay. are you going to manage that? Oh, I, yeah, oh time travel. Time, time to, because time travel is so James Bond. What I the know. F is wrong with you? I've been up 24 hours. Uh, Cap- okay. Captain Frugal. Uh, his location inside a good Spider-Man comic far, far away from slot is what his location is. <laughs> Hi, gang. I love and the it, podcast. And, and, his, and his, his avatar is, oh, God, face bombs. Oh, face my bomb, yeah. Uh, I, I love the podcast. I've been listening to all of them in reverse order, except for the recent ones that I keep up with. And I have 65 left to go. So c- thank you for listening to 400-plus podcasts. It's great. Uh, what would it take besides money to push you away from reading the Amazing Spider-Man book? <laughs> bad, bad writing? <laughs> We've Dan got slot. that. We're, not, we're still not gone. More Dan Slot Twitter tirades? Oh, my gosh. I don't know. I don't I'll know. If, if if Brad decides to stop doing the podcast, I'd be, uh, I, I'd, I'd be seriously considering giving it up. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah, and I, George I too. Reading, it sounds yeah, like I wouldn't be reading it if it wasn't for the podcast. I mean, I All think right. it's kind of it's, it's like one of the reasons I no longer root for the Cubs is because my father's gone, and that was all. That was kind of part of it, you know, yeah. and. Part of Spider-Man these last ten years has been this little this little twisted, uh-huh. you know, fraternity we have. And if that's gone, then what's yeah. the point of reading? Particularly yeah. it, if it's no good. I mean, if it's good Spider-Man, I mean, you'll read it. But yeah. if it's like this, <laughs> yeah. But but Jr. The Cubs are actually winning. It it it, it, it doesn't matter. <laughs> no no no. You're I mean, yeah, I don't I don't want to get too deep in it because it makes me emotional. But yeah. No. I grew up, it was me and my father's thing, and my father is gone, and it doesn't mean anything anymore. Yeah. There you go. The other question is, how would you end the current rich business owner Spider-Man story? Mind wipe is the only way to do it. Changing writers? Ch- <laughs> yeah, getting, getting, getting somebody else. Maybe, maybe the opening pages uh, one year later or something, and we, ne- I, we never find out. I don't know. Uh, seriously, Doctor Strange is going to have to get involved again. Somebody's going to have to do something and wipe something. Wipe some ass. The or, world needs to forget who Peter Parker is. Wipe some minds, wipe some ass. Something's got to get done wow. with this thing, man. Wipe some minds. I want that on a shirt. Wipe some minds. Wipe <laughs> Doctor Strange mind. needs to wipe some minds and wipe some ass away from this horrible book. Uh, like Ashley isn't on here right now because you're getting sorry uh, there. This it? is the mail review, boys. Uh, Mr. Starkiller, 360, from Brazil. Uh, if Peter was the father of Gwen Stacy's twins, would it make sins past better? No, 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 no. no. That that's why? even worse. Why? Yeah. Why? Why? Yeah, it's what worse. You, no, I mean Peter. No, that's in fact. Well, first of all, let's Straczynski always said I never would have created him if I didn't realize I wouldn't be able to get rid of him. Second of all, Peter Parker having grown children is gross. Yeah. All right. You know, and and where do you go with the story? What's he going to do? He can't bond with these kids. You know, it's not like they're toddlers or something or 10 years old and he's missed their he's missed the key years of their lives. There's nowhere to go with this. Yeah. Uh what would be your perfect Spider-Man costume if you guys could design it yourselves? I think uh, the classic one, the, the Romita the Romita costume. The classic one with the web pits. That's yeah. what I want. Yeah. I I'd, I'd have more black in the costume instead. Your obsession oh. with pits, man. I love web pits, man. They they did away with them. Um, so replace the blue with more black, Jr. Yeah, that, that I, is a good I, look. That is a good. I look. always like the black and red as opposed yeah, to the blue and I red. Agree. Lockdown, Ryan Reed. Uh, let's see. Well, we are getting Clone Saga three maximum slottage. So my question oh, is, mighty. why does? <laughs> 
Why does Marvel think it's that it's going to win? The original Clone Saga still stands well to time, but even going back now 20 years to the second one, outside of Kane, it keeps showing that the Jackal and the clones just angers many Spider fans and even new readers. Why do it a third time? Because it can't be a charm. Well, they, like, they like angering their readers. Well, it, it, <laughs> They do. The, the, pro- the problem that... Everybody has done or had since even since the '90s is they've written this cartoonish jackal, and it got worse after with with like Spider Island. Hashtag. He became the Joker, I thought. Yeah, he was. Well, he was he was too jokey. You're right. He was too much like the Joker. Yep. And even with the, like um, Spider Island, it just it got to the point where he's so goofy and over the top that you can't take the character seriously. And there's a way to do it. In my opinion, but I don't want. If I were writing the Jackal, it would be there would be a seriousness to it. There would be a, a significant amount of delving into the character, and I, I think that they don't. They're doing everything at face value, and they're not getting deeper into the psychology of why yeah. his motivation is what it is. Another thing that seems to be going on, though, is that, and although this is slot. Particularly, but every every writer seems to want to take this, you know, take Stan and Steve's toys out of the play box and play with them. Everyone wants to do their take on the origin. A lot, everybody wants to do a different goblin. You know, I mean, it's yeah. it's you know, and and you know, people can't resist. Probably somebody can't resist. People won't be able to resist playing with the clone saga. It's conceit. It's hubris. They can't they can't stop themselves from doing it. It's yeah. the same reason why J.J. Uh, Abrams did con. True. Yeah. Uh, the other question is, while we're on the talk of tired storylines, with Christos Gage helping Dan Slott with the clone conspiracy, and the fact that Dan Slott is doing great on Silver Surfer and Amazing Spider-Man is falling in sales, why can't Marvel just say, okay, it's time to move on? I, li- I feel we are having another Howard Mackey situation, like we did in the 90s, where it was very evident that the writer was burned out and kept spinning their wheels, but kept on going in sales and readership pretty much show it's time to get a new creative writer. Uh, real quick, I got the numbers up. Uh, from the last couple issues, courtesy of ComicsBeat.com. Uh, Amazing Spider-Man Volume 4, number one, uh, premiered with 245,000 copies. Uh, granted, that had a lot of variants with it. Uh, the second issue dropped 54% to 111,000. Currently, uh, Amazing Spider-Man 10 sold 73,000. <clears> and issue 11, which is the last number I have, sold 67,000. Mm. It's had a 39% drop since issue number two. So that's to put the sales in perspective. For Marvel to R- say... Real, real quick, it's still the 10th best-selling comic book sold to the direct market. For Marvel to say, okay, it's time to move on, uh, yeah. would be admitting that Quesada and Brevert were wrong, and they will not allow that to happen. No. Um, they The book could fall to 30000 in sales, and they would just keep doing jackassy stunts to get it back up to 100000 temporarily and then fall back down and then get it back up and then fall back down. Uh, they will not admit they made mistakes. And, and I, I think what, tr- I'm sorry. Go ahead, Joe. No, I was about to say, and I, I, I think, you know, if year, a few years ago, uh, it was, you, you know, 
when they said it, it was like an excuse. But I think I think the thing is, I think we're started. We're uh, it, it's uh, we shouldn't be relying on these diamond figures anymore. I mean, I really do think that the online stuff is going to come in is coming in on its own. I mean, I just bought a bunch of Star Trek comics. I mean, with my phone, you know, yeah. <laughs> sitting there, and, and I mean, I think that uh, I mean, and look, and, I, and the now Billboard now is counting iTunes sales, for example, yeah. uh, when they rank, uh, you know, when they rank sales. Maybe it's wishful thinking on my part, but I think we have fewer slot days ahead of us than we do behind us. Well, true, um, probably. Yeah, I, but, I think I think slot wants to take that title of longest. Right doesn't he already have it? Uh not solo. Because twenty eleven. Oh, okay. All right. Oh, God. La- last uh, last question is uh, from a new poster. Her CX. I don't know if it's a her. But uh, I hope you have a nice day. Have a nice day. Just ran across the podcast and gave it a listen. I found myself really enjoying it, mm. so I appreciate that. Uh, with the way the ASM books are going, do you think there's any chance of them retconning one more day in the near future? Taking a look at the past few issues, thirteen and fourteen specifically, slot seems to be subtly bringing up a lot of elements that were introduced in one more day. A couple of examples would be Mary Jane's finally back in the book, yay, and talking to Peter about their past relationship. Aunt May seems to be getting sick again. Magic is wearing off. Maybe Mephisto never saved May, and she's been a clone. Tony Tony questioning Mary Jane and Spidey's relationship together, and Peter literally meeting Mephisto again in the Spider-Man Deadpool comic. It seems like fishy timing for all of these things to pop up at once when we haven't seen or talked about them in a while. That's a good. That's a good first question, by the way. Thank you very I, much. I, yeah, I, that's a lot of little dangling plots that. Uh, well, could... I, to piece them all together, maybe um, Mephisto is using Miles as a conduit to do this definitely. Possibly yeah. explain why he's wearing red. Why Miles is wearing red? Mm-hmm. Instead of a, 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 oh, Miles, a Miles Warren. I keep thinking Miles Morales. <laughs> Miles Warren. Yeah, so maybe maybe uh, Mephisto teamed up with Miles Warren, mm-hmm. and he's using him as a conduit to advance this dead no more agenda and this conspiracy. Well, that could be bringing the dead to life through hell. Yep, they're Ooh. not they're not going to retcon one more day. I don't they're think just, I think they're teasing it to try to get people to buy it, same way they did with uh, renew your vows. Right, but they're they're not going to undo it. They're just May, not. Maybe they they. Uh, they mine at the end of it. Spider-Man wins. He mind wipes everybody. He loses Parker Industries, and they realize that they were once married, and they they move on from that. And the deal with the devil is now off. I mean that right. would that would make me a little happier. No, they need to be together again. Yeah, yeah, and they and you know I I think you know it, it's like uh, in fact Zach ought to remember the, how many teases have there been about Ben Riley coming back? You know, oh. burning hood, burning hoodie, and stuff like that. If if it's intentional, it's just because they're effing with us. Yeah, yeah, it's it, it, could, it could very it could very well be coincidence because now there's so many people have their hands in it, you know. But they could just it's more likely just effing with us. It's just it's just trolling. Yeah. yeah. All right, final thoughts. Zach, go to spy-dude.com. We got the anniversary. We got all our podcasts there, um, and uh, be sure to check out that front page on Spider-Man Crawl Space and uh, appreciate all those menus that have been created. <laughs> Thank you again for doing that, You're and welcome. happy birthday to your side. Thank you. And Jr., final thoughts. 
You know, before I uh, got ready to record this podcast, I had issues 12, 13, and 14, or particularly 12 and 13, sitting unread for weeks. Yep. Until I finally had to do this podcast. So I didn't, that's I didn't sad. them either until today. That's, that's, that's my final word. That's sad. <laughs> George. Uh, I'm about to go get wrecked in Overwatch. <laughs> trying to nice. learn how to play and getting owned by uh, people who've been playing it for about a month now. There you go. Hey, uh, hey JR, your, your site's about to turn 18. <sighs> yeah. Wow. Almost two uh, decades. Whoa. I don't know. Yeah, I know. I since yeah, I got another. I've been getting. I get questions every now and then whether it's going to come back to life, and I just don't know what to tell people. I think this is the the, the next life of you. <laughs> I mean, every month you're giving essentially an article. Yeah, it's this is kind of superseded. Yeah. 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 